Good morning. How are we all doing? Can you hear me? Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming this morning and in this busy time of the season. And uh, you all could make it. And, and th all, th all those of you who are helping us out, the sound desk and cleaning and all that, Thank you very much for all that you've been doing. This morning, um, if I were to ask you a question, and ask you a question saying, what are some of the stories of Christmas that you know about? What would you say? Yeah. Sorry? Birth of Jesus, yes. And what else? Any? Turkeys? Shepherds, yes. Yes, I got worried. Yes, shepherds. Yep, and what else? Angels, yes, yes. Magi? Herod? Family? Yep, something related to the Christmas story. Okay. The wise men? We don't know whether there was three, but there was wise men. Census, yes. Yes, there was census taken. Forced. Senses, no choice. Four senses. Yep. A star, yeah. A manger. It's very interesting that we had all this coming up. Um, you know, Mary, Joseph, angel, shepherds, wise men, Jesus born in Bethlehem. We have heard it all before, isn't it? But there's another Christmas story that's actually told in the Bible is just as important as the others, and that is the song. Of Simeon. Okay, the song of Simeon. We don't know much about this story. But it's there. And it's there for a purpose. So for the, and also for the last four Sundays, uh, for the last three Sundays, we've looked at these songs called this, in the series called the Advent. And the word Advent simply means to come into the season. There are two elements of coming into the season. To celebrate Christ's birth. And we do it. But also important, friends, is to anticipate the second coming. As much as we celebrate the season, let us also anticipate that Christ is coming. He's coming back again. So far in this Advent series, we've looked at three songs. And Emily and Tim have been talking about it, and I looked at, uh, we looked at Zechariah. So in this song, these are the four songs that we talk about the Advent. Why songs? Because these people break out into songs when they hear about the Messiah that has come. So they break out into the songs. And if you look at this, songs, oh, let me go back. The first two songs are before Christ was born, just before the birth of Christ. With Zechariah and, and Mary, when the angels appeared to them in chapter 1 of Luke, they couldn't hold back the excitement, and they came out with song glorifying God. The next two, where the angels appeared to the shepherds, and Simeon is found in Luke chapter 2. So in Luke 1 and 2, we have these four songs, songs of the Advent, where people glorify God. So this morning, we're going to look at the fourth and the final song a song of Simeon. It's kind of a Christmas story that takes place 40 days after the birth of Christ. 
Mary and Joseph bring the little boy to a temple in Jerusalem. And here we find a touching and a wonderful story of Christmas. But to appreciate it, we need to look at the background and the birth of Jesus. It was a very serious situation. It was not a celebratory situation, but a serious one. Because around 600 years before the, before the first Christmas, the nation of Israel was virtually destroyed. The Babylonians came in and wiped Israel off from the map. And God, though lovingly, He warned them. He warned His people. And they didn't listen. And in time, judgment fell. Israel was taken captive over to Babylon and his people in exile. They were ex exiled physically and spiritually. There was no temple in Babylon. There was temples for pagan gods, but there was no temple for where the Jewish people could worship. And this was what had happened because the nation had rejected God and his law. Though some years later, many went back to Israel. They rebuilt the temple, got themselves sorted out a bit, but it was never, they never really recovered from what had happened. And the bigger picture is still like that today. What is going on in Israel was just a taste of what's going on in the world today. This world is not in harmony with God or itself. It's a world that has little regard for God, isn't it? It's a world in exile. It's a world in defiance of God who made it. So you've got Israel in exile. The whole, whole world is in exile too. A beautiful but a broken world. A world of disharmony and struggle where people push God away. It's messy. It's messy things. But through all these messy things, we try to think about Christmas. And without God in the picture, it's all beach, shopping, this, that, and all kinds of things. The nation of Israel was in a mess. Heavy taxation. There was taxes paid to the Caesar, the Roman Empire that was ruling. There was taxes paid for Herod. There was taxes paid for the temple. And poor common people were already under strain. And here in the story, we find Joseph and Mary coming to the temple and bringing doves, which only a poor could afford. They couldn't afford to buy bulls or sheep or goats. But whatever pennies they had, they bought doves. Heavy taxations, forced census, assassination in Rome. Julius Caesar was assassinated during this time. And there was a power struggle in Rome. And then we find Augustus Caesar coming to the throne, eliminating all his opponents. That was a superpower that was ruling Israel at the time. And then in Jerusalem itself, there was death of Herod. There was a power vacuum. And all kinds of rebellious groups and guerrilla warfare was taking place. There were hit squads on the streets of Jerusalem. There were men during Jesus' time who would carry long swords and assassinate people in broad daylight in the streets. 
situation was not very good during time of Jesus. Philip Jenkins, he's a distinguished professor of the history of Baylor University in Texas. In his article on ABC, Religion and Ethics in 2015 says, the world into which Jesus was born was the most violent year. And I was fascinated. I thought, well, let me, I want to look at this article. And I read that article. This man opens out what was happening during the time of Jesus. If anyone wants an article, just let me know or email me and I will give you this article. Brilliant, brilliant article. It just tells us how violent the time when Christ was born. So this was the story of first Christmas. It was a mess. And it needed a big solution. And here was Simon. Wanting God's solution. Wanting God to intervene. Wanting God to come and set things right in the nation of Israel. And that's a whole lot of devout Israelites were waiting for a solution too. And here in our reading, we see these devout people, uh, Israelites who are looking for God's solution, a Messiah to come to their rescue. So we see Mary and Joseph, in keeping with the Jewish law, they go to the temple to symbolically offer their son to the Lord. They made their trip to the temple. Uh, they didn't have Mercedes-Benz or any Japanese cars. and They had donkeys. And it took them days in their travel, hot and muggy. And they did come to the temple. And while, uh, and, and this was in recognition of God's rule. So while they were there, another person appears. And his name is Simon. And uh, his name is Simeon. And verse 25 says, talks about who Simeon is. Now he was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous, a devout. He was waiting for consolation of Israel. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit was on him. We don't know his age. But he was probably an old man, a very old man. And we also find that he was a person who took God seriously. And this is who Simon is. He's a righteous and devout man. And I looked up the word devout. means taking God seriously. He was a man who was led by the Spirit. Living a life pleasing to God. And he is waiting. He's waiting. He's not waiting for a bus. Or waiting for Uber Eats to deliver his pizza. He was waiting for a consolation of Israel. And the word consolation means comfort. Someone to come and comfort them. Simon is a bloke who's waiting for God to comfort Israel. And last Sunday, during communion time, Ian Flood was talking about this, this whole thing about consolation. And I thought, oh, he's got my sermon here. But good, he just finished where it was. <laughs> and he was saying, Ian was telling us that Israel waited 400 years. 400 years. And during this 400 years, there was no proph prophetic utterances, no prophesying, there was no judges, no one. There was silence, 400 years. And Ian also went on to say, 2,000 years, we are still waiting for the second coming. Simon knew the seriousness of the situation and the, uh, of Israel and the world that, were, that he was in. He knew that God had promised that one day he would bring solution, which would bring comfort to his people. 
It's kind of a thing that we see in the Old Testament where prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, he said, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that a hard service has been completed and her sins has been paid for. Simeon was waiting for a long time. The great hope he had was in God and in God's promises. And while he was waiting, he had his hope in God. He knew that God would keep his promise. Now, we, Simeon didn't know a Messiah would come at this part of the time. But he was waiting in hope. Waiting in hope. Friends, what do we do in our waiting times? In this world where things move so fast, so quickly. Hurry up, hurry, hurry, hurry. Everyone is in a hurry. In South Korea, they use the word, bale, 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 bale. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Quick, quick, quick. Everyone is in a hurry. How do we wait? In a world that's in a hurry. Do we expect God to follow us around and fit into our plans? What did Simeon do while he was waiting? Simeon put his hope in God. He deliberately chose to trust in God and to trust in God's promises. This morning, friends, while we're waiting, we're waiting for a second coming. 2,000 years have gone. We're waiting for this. We're waiting for that. While we're waiting, let's put our trust in God and in His promises and know that God is faithful in keeping His promises. He's a faithful God. In long and difficult, chaotic times, let us trust God. God's plans are the best plans. And often there are times of waiting, God tests us. He stretches us. He strengthens our faith. Simeon is showing us, showing us something here. He's, he's, it's, it's about taking God seriously. It's about putting God and His promises first. It's about waiting. It's about hoping. It's about trusting. It's about taking God seriously. And even when it doesn't look like it's going to pay off, Simeon still trusts in God. He seeks Him. He's devoted. He takes his faith seriously. He's a man who's led by the Spirit. In those waiting times, in those difficult times, let's put our trust in God. That's the kind of a person God wants us to be. But is that kind of a person that you want to be? Simeon wants God's consolation. Why? Why does he want God to come and comfort? And here's the thing, the later part of, of his talk, uh, of, of Simeon, uh, thing. He says, God's solution brings peace. Well, when we find out Simeon was told by God that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah, God's promised king, God's solution, he was moved by the Holy Spirit, and Simeon goes into the temple courts, and there, surprise, surprise, he bumps into Mary and Joseph and their 40-day-old boy. In verse 28 and 31, Simeon took him in his arms, held baby Jesus in his arms, and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared as a, uh, in sight of all nations. Simeon knew that God was going to deal with this mess of Israel and the sins of the world. He knew that there was a solution just around the corner. And everything was going to be okay because of the child in his arms. Every hope, every prayer, every fear, every longing, every need would ultimately be satisfied in Jesus. And for Simeon, here is the solution in his arms. Saying that, he was content. He was a man who was ready to die in peace. In that deep satisfaction, old Simeon holds Jesus in his arm and he cried out to God, Sovereign Lord, you promised, you delivered, now take me home. What a picture of peace. In a world of chaotic scenes, in a world where uh, this was the most violent period of time, here was Simeon holding this baby Jesus and he says, Sovereign Lord, you promised and you have delivered, now take me home. We had a friend, his name was Gordon Elvery. He went to India. While I was here, my family was still home in India, and Sharon, our daughter, was born when, when I was still here. And he went to visit our family. He took a photo of my daughter, and he came back and said, this is your daughter. Gordon was dying with cancer. We went to visit him at St. Vincent's Private Hospital at Kangaroo Point. Susan and I, we went, we were sat by his bedside. I spoke to Gordon. I, I could see the peace on his face. Doctors had told him that he's just got a few hours to live. And the peace that was oozing out from him as we talked. And we could sense that peace, that he was at peace with God at that moment. Having seen the salvation of God, having known who God was, having put his trust in God, we spoke to him, and as we finished, you know what he said? There was not a word of complaint about what he was going through. Instead, he prayed for us, prayed for me and for Susan, prayed for my ministry. He prayed for us as we, uh, uh, as we do our work in this, this thing. He prayed for us as a family. And as we left the hospital, we came back with that, man, what peace, what peace. And in moments like that, he's praying for us. We came back home, and next day we heard that that night he went to be with the Lord. What peace, what satisfaction, the deep satisfaction that he was going to be with the Lord. And friends, just like Simeon, he held baby Jesus in his arms. He said, Lord, now you can take me home. I have seen the salvation of the Lord. Simon's wait was over. And now he can die in peace. He has seen the Savior, the Prince of Peace. Only Jesus can give us that peace. Jesus has come to comfort his people and to save his people. And friends, that peace is only thing is when we, we can experience is when we know Jesus. If we don't know Jesus, there is no peace. Because only he is a Prince of Peace. When I think of the story of Simeon, I, th Simeon, I think of this beautiful picture of a fulfilled expectations and a hope that it represents. Like Simeon, maybe long for the day when he will come again, when Christ will come again, when his peace is assurance that God will keep his promise, that God will keep his word. We could be waiting 
2,000, maybe another 2,000 years. I don't know. Maybe this evening. I don't know. But friends, let's hold on to his promise and trust in him in all situations. Simeon knew that blessing, that the blessing that God promised, it would come to pass. Now this story that we looked at, Simeon, it's not a story that's very familiar, but it speaks of the wonder of Christmas in a way that would grab our attention of peace and trust in God. A solid, solid conviction that he keeps his promise. Simeon had seen the salvation of mankind, and that is why he was ready to die in peace. True peace and contentment in life. It doesn't depend on how many presents we have under the tree. True peace and contentment doesn't ultimately depend on our circumstances or how good we feel or how many friends we have or how big of FB is or how healthy we are or how much money is in the bank. Peace comes from where our trust is and our trust must be anchored in Christ. As you see Jesus this Christmas and as you consider him, he is your comfort. He is your peace. He is your salvation. Embrace him. Embrace King Jesus. True peace comes only when we, like Simeon, understand that salvation is from Jesus and nothing else. Hope and peace is only from Jesus and nothing else. Trust God as he works out his plan. It doesn't matter what the situation and how bad it looks. Trust God. Mary had to trust God even when the news that was, that was, not, that, that was not what she wanted to hear. She, she trusted God. Remarkable woman. Even when the news came to her that she's going to bear a child in that kind of a situation, it was a terrible thing for Mary to have this kind of a news. Yet she trusted God. And here, Simeon, as he gives the baby back to Joseph and Mary, he blesses the family. And look at this blessing. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to the cause and falling and rising of many in Israel. What? And to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow, what a blessing that was. What a blessing. And I was thinking, I said, I mean, this, Simon's holding his baby. He knew this was salvation. He, the, he has seen the Messiah. He was going to give the baby back and he blesses them. And, and is this what he's going to say? Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, this child is destined to the cause, the failing and rising of many. There will be many who will be against this child. There will be many who will rise and there will be many who fall because of this child. And to be a sign that will be spoken against and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then comes the sting in this blessing. And the sword will pierce your own soul too. Mary took this words to her heart. A sword will pierce your own soul too. The most wonderful, gracious event in the human history was God sending His Son into the world 
through the cross to save his people from their sins. And this gracious event caused unspeakable grief to Mary. And the scripture says she hid these words in her heart. And I was thinking, as she hid this word, as baby Jesus was growing up the boy and started his ministry, when people are talking against him, they wanted to kill him. Mary knew what was happening. And as he went to the cross, Mary knew here was a sword that was piercing her heart. God works out his plan in our lives. Sometimes he leads us along unexpected paths. That may result in unexpected and an agonizing pain. And when it happens, friends, let's remember Mary. She went through those times. God uses the darkest moments of life to bring salvation and joy to the world as he did to Mary. And let's wrap it up. What difference does this Christmas make in your life? Situation around you doesn't seem to be looking all good. What difference does it make? Let us understand that no matter what the situation that you're facing, let's trust God for his peace. Trust him. I won't end this message with this Christmas song. Mary, did you know? It's one of the most recent songs, one of our favorites as well. It's a Christmas song addressing Mary, the mother of Jesus, with the lyrics written by Mark Lowry in 1984. The music was written by Buddy Green in 1991. And the song goes, it reflects the blessing that Simeon gave for Mary. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save your sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? The blind see, the deaf hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is the Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is the perfect Lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. And friends, this morning, let us put our trust in this great I am. He's Jesus. Let's pray. Father, when your spirit is at work, darkness is confronted with true light that cannot be overcome. And so, Father, work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts so that we might walk in the light of Christ. Help us to understand in our own hearts how desperately we need you. Reveal to us more and more of his beauty so that we may live and die in peace as Simeon did long ago. Our Father, give us a heart to sing with the herald angels. Glory to God, the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. And we pray that our hearts 
would be made right towards Jesus. And this morning, we pray for those who are going through pain and agonizing those circumstances, situations around us. Lord, in those moments, in those dark moments, help us to put our trust in you. To know, Jesus, that you are in whom salvation rests. Hope, peace rests in you. So help us this morning to put our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing as we conclude.